This episode of Josiah's Voice Podcast is brought to you by Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural, smooth human voice. It won't be my voice, but no app is perfect, but this one's pretty close. Because for the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, science, to Bitcoin, or pop culture and movies. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. And they have podcasts as well, exploring trending podcasts from over 50 countries. Like this one. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me. That's www.newsly.me. Or from the link in the description and use promo code J0S1AHV01CE. Josiah's voice, get it? Again, that's J0S1AHV01CE. I'll put that in the description for you. When you click it, you'll receive a one-month free premium subscription to Newsly. Stop scrolling. Start listening with Newsly. But it's uh, I've been trying to find a balance for all of it. Balance so is key. That, yeah, that's what I've been doing lately. Trying to find a good balance and kind of trying to focus and hone in on specifically books and writing. storytelling I want to say storytelling because technically what we do everyone your podcasts what we do in film Mm -hmm. whether you do photography and or write it's all storytelling in different mediums so everyone's a storyteller to me I think (laughs) hello you're listening to Josiah's voice I'm your host Josiah Bradley In this conversational podcast, I invite you on my journey through TV, film, and writing. Plus, fellow artists visit with me to share their own unique creative voices along the way. Tune in and get inspired. What's up, everybody? This is Josiah. Welcome back to another episode of Josiah's Voice, the podcast. Uh, Really excited to talk to my buddy, Jocelyn Rivera. Uh, we're we're gonna nerd out today about uh, filmmaking. Uh, Jocelyn, Jocelyn's also I just found out a really big film nerd, a uh, really big book nerd. She is a film nerd as well, <laughs> but she's also a big book nerd, and uh, she's really nice with the snappy snap. She's an accomplished uh, photographer, so we're just gonna talk about all things uh, visual arts today. We met on season five, <laughs> the final season of Insecure uh, last year. What a ride! Um, Jocelyn, thanks for, for coming on. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Um, it's been crazy. I've been trying to do a bunch of things. And on top of that, writing. I've been focusing on writing and books a lot more lately. Trying to get all of that together on top of everything else, like the photography and film, all the you know crazy film jobs that we do. Right. <laughs> and um but it's uh I've been trying to find a balance for all of it. Balance so is key. That, yeah, that's what I've been doing lately. Trying to find a good balance and kind of trying to focus and hone in on specifically books and writing. Okay. Storytelling. I, I want to say storytelling because technically what we do, everyone, 
your podcasts, what we do in film, mm-hmm. whether you t- do photography and or write, it's all storytelling in different mediums. So everyone's a storyteller to me, I think. <laughs> I agree. Now, I feel the same way. We just do it in a bunch of different mediums, like you said. Um, in fact, you know, with that, can you tell the listeners a little bit, a little bit about yourself, um, what you do in film? Um also, also where you're from. And, you know, maybe we can get into balance a little bit more, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. So I, in, I've been in film for the past 10 years and I've done everything under the sun since I've been out of, since I graduated film school. So I've PA'd and then from PA, I jumped into art department where I did art direction and production design. Some things I did for was I, um and set decorator but um I did Katie I work with Katie Perry I worked on the first episode and season of uh the shop for LeBron James um and I've I, I grew my art kind of um talents but uh once the pandemic hit and because if nobody knows that the entertainment world crew work world is nonstop, and it's because the jobs don't really it's not like a nine to five it you if you're not working you're not making money and so everybody's on the go you drop from one job to the next and you keep going and when the pandemic hit it was like that all stopped and I kind of got time to be kind of think you know I want on unemployment and really really sat there and thought, is this what I want to do? I I do want to storytell. I do want to do film, but is art what I want to do? So from there, I went to um, to kind of discovering that side of me. And I, I, all in all, I do want to be a writer and director. So I said, you know what, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to do health and safety (laughs) on sets. And, um, so while I'm doing that, because it's um, easy, very easy job, crazy hours, still an easier job than me having to be there 24 seven running mm-hmm. a whole art team. And on the side, I could, you know, pay bills and work on my craft and, and work on writing and work on directing and trying to cultivate relationships and get all of that done. So that's what I do now. Um, and I also got in because I want to be a director and, uh, I want to practice on my visuals. I started doing photography and I'm trying to slowly get into videography, videography. So I could better understand the medium. I mean, I've been around it my whole life, so I know how it works, Mm -hmm. but it's different when you get behind the camera and start to understand it. Um, so I really fell in love with that, um, because in my, you know, in my eyes, it's a form of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I, some of that stuff I knew, I didn't know about like Katy Perry. I didn't know that you, I don't think I knew about, uh, set decoration. I don't think so. Wow. You've, uh, you've done a lot. There's more to Jocelyn than I thought. So that's exciting. <laughs> Um, real quick, for those who don't know what a PA is, can you break that down real quick? What's a PA? A uh, PA is a production assistant. So you basically assist the production with any needs, whether it's 
you know, the just going and getting coffee for someone, or if it's, you need a, you know, go help art department because they, they need an extra hand trying to put up this wall really quick or is anywhere on the production that needs assisting a production assistant is doing, they do everything. They do lockups. They do it's they're all around. They do everything. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Uh, if, I yep. don't, if, <laughs> if I don't see another pop-up tent, it'll be too soon. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No <laughs> gonna pop up tents for various purposes and yeah. run errands, print off stuff. But P- production assistants make the production go around like for they real. They do. And they need more. They need to be recognized more because they do so much. They also need to be paid more. Say that because LA <laughs> is not cheap. It's even making money. It's like as gas prices now get higher right. and then the cost of living and food price, you know, it's just LA is almost like good luck. Exactly. Um, in fact, how do you, and if it's still in development, that's fine too. So how have you, based on what you just said and based off and coming off of your last project, what's mm-hmm. balance looking like or what have you learned about balance or trying to put it into practice? Keep yourself grounded. I read this. Let me, um, cause for the life of me, I just got to look up this author's name. I recently read a book. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It, it literally changed the way I view things. It's nonfiction. Mm-hmm. It's called the compound effect by Darren Hardy. It is basically saying how, uh, here's an example um, in the book. It's basically teaching you that small consistent steps will get you to where you wanna go um, in the long run than big unconsistent steps like almost like a opportunist like I'm doing this big thing here this like you need a plan so it for example the example he gave in the book is you and your friend your friend has a chance to get three million dollars but you get a penny a day Mm. now in the long run your friend is going to run out of that three million dollars but you are going to continue accumulating and surpass the three mil. So he's saying, when you have a goal and you want to do something instead of, cause people get anxiety of thinking about this big thing, for example, like a book, Say that. put it in layman's terms. Like I have to write a 300 page book. And sometimes the thought of that, you want to stop because it's like, that's overwhelming. But if you put it into terms of, you know what, I'm just going to write a page a day a chapter a day. Don't even think about the book, just a page a day before you know it, all of a sudden you have this 400 page book and you weren't really thinking about the whole thing. So it's, it's really about how to be consistent and how being consistent could actually help you get to your goals. And for me to find balance, that's what I had to reflect on because I would start things and I would quit. Like I would have all these big ideas and I would start it and I would quit it. And 
I would look, I'm like, why, why I would be frustrated. Why am I not getting right. where I want to be? Why am I getting here fast enough? It, it's not that it's, I'm not being consistent. I'm not doing the small little steps every day and creating a routine, um, in order to reach a goal. So that's how I've lately have found balance. Anything that I do, I have a lot on, on the table, but I don't even think about that anymore. I think, okay, every day I'm going to finish this task for this goal. Okay. And slowly by the end of the week, I'm like, oh, wow. I, I did a lot that I didn't think I, you know, I would accomplish. So, um, that's the way that book really, really helped me find balance. And it broke down how to be consistent in layman's terms and, gave so many examples for people who are just like, who are very lost Mm -hmm. and don't understand why stuff isn't happening for them. That is the book to read. It's a very good book. Awesome. Well, that's going in the show notes, guys. Don't worry. You said it was the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Yeah. Nice. I'm going to have to add that to the TBR for sure. Um, That's, that's really, did you just read this? Is this a recent read? It's a recent read because okay. like I told you, I had that week where everything was so overwhelming. I had to like take a, so I read, yeah. I read it recently and I, and it really, I don't know what happened, but I like did a, was it 180, <laughs> The next week I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to do this. Like, what do I do? I need to do this. So I'm currently because of that book, I'm very focused and currently planning and figuring stuff out and it hasn't been overwhelming and it's helped me find balance. That's awesome. You know, I'm thinking of also, um, cause it's fun to be talking to you right now. Of course, I'm thinking of our time on Insecure and how <laughs> um, we kind of practiced this, whether we knew it or not. Cause I definitely believe in like I call it like incremental success. I'm still trying to get better at like mm-hmm. baby steps to just getting something done. I even in the, even in the case of writing, I heard Seinfeld say some of the things similar to what Darren was saying about being consistent every day. But it kind of for whatever reason, it just reminded me of like that time I helped you. You need you um, were guiding me with cleaning trailers and just mm-hmm. the way you went around. You know, from Issa to Amanda to you know all the cast trailers and just the you know, cause it's a lot. It was, it's it a was, lot. It was a lot of like, how many trailers was that? At one point, I think it was like 13 or something. I don't know. There was too many. We also did the uh, producers trailers cause they had some set up in case they needed it. Right. There was a Little way things. that you had to go about it. And I liked how you were like, Oh, we wipe this down or we don't have to worry about you know, certain things or we replenish this thing or we use tape here and there. And it was, I was like, cause we had other tasks. Like we can't just be on 13 trailers and then that's it. You get your paycheck on Friday. It was, you know, you had a system. That was why yeah. the other reason that it came to mind. And so it kind of yeah. reminded me of what you were saying about Darren. It sounds like employ some type of system that works for you. So is that mm-hmm. little by little trailer by trailer, dressing room by dressing room you get the job done or you get the book written so Mm -hmm. that was kind of goes yeah go ahead it goes the same like um there's even two points in the book just to show you like example how it could help someone 
um, even in this, especially in this industry, when it comes to, he explained, how do I put this? What stops us from being consistent too? And it's those little things of euphoria. It feels good to come home after a long day, veg out, sit on the couch and binge Netflix. It feels even being healthy, health-wise, he put it in health aspects. It feels great to have a big juicy cheeseburger with a large French fry instead of not even a salad, just a nice healthy meal, Mm -hmm. you know, but we do those. We're not consistent with the good thing because the bad things for us feel good. Yeah. Um, and yes, when yeah. he said that, I was like, in my mind, I was like, I knew this. But when he said it, I was like, thinking back of all the things, like why I haven't asking myself why I haven't been consistent. I'm like, oh, because I did the opposite. I did yeah. something that causes, like, gives me a little bit of euphoria because it feels good at the moment. That's why I didn't sit down at my desk. I just binged watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> but you know, um, but it and and it goes to say the same thing when you have those moments, and because it's challenging, you sometimes it's hard to stay consistent and do the right thing for yourself. So he put it into terms also of getting a journal and it making a gratitude journal. So instead wow. of and it helps with your positivity and your negativity in your mind. Because instead of looking at something, for example, like your job, some people are working a job just to pay bills. It's not necessarily what they want to do. So a lot of people always focus on the negativity. I hate this job. I hate my manager. I hate this. I hate that. Blah, blah, blah. He said, instead of doing that, get a gratitude journal and every single day, write one thing down that is beneficial to you and your journey. And that is beneficial for, so say it's your job, meaning, okay, my coworkers, they're very good people. And um, that is a positive thing about your job. And he, he did this for his wife because um, they started to have trouble and he, he kept, he noticed he kept nitpicking her. So he made a, a journal and he said, every single day, I'm going to write something that she does good that, um, I'm great. I'm grateful for. And by the end of the year, he gave it to her on Thanksgiving and he realized by writing one thing down every day, he totally changed his perspective on his wife. And he said it made him appreciate her more. So he said, you could use this method for jobs, for anything, for a friend, for family, for a situation. And that's what I kind of have had to do for, my health is, is health and safety something I want to do my whole life? No, but there's benefits to it. And I'm grateful to be able to be doing it. And Mm -hmm. for the people that I meet, I mean, I met you on health and safety, you know, I met, you know, our mutual friends, Venus, G and L like, so it's like all these relationships from something I thought I absolutely hated all these relationships were cultivated from it. So it's like, you could find positivity in everything. Wow. Love that. Okay. I'm a, yeah, I think I said it already, but we're gonna have to check out that book. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to kick that off. Um, were you always destined 
to be in film or to be an artist since we're going to touch on your multifaceted? Yes, um, I believe so, especially specifically with writing Um, from a young age. My grandma, I got it from my grandma. She's avid reader, always telling me to read books. And she, you know, I was with her most of most of the time. Like when my my mom had work with this, I was always at my grandparents' house. And I fell in love with reading because I would read some of her books. And uh, I think I was like nine or ten when I think I really became in love with writing. I I think it was seven. I think my grandma still has it. Uh, but it was like seven to 10 pages long. I call it my first little book. Yeah. And I wrote a story about, I think it was about a, a pottery, um, a woman who was a potter and she was building the biggest pot in the world. But um, she, she was trying to reach the sky and she died from cancer, I know this is morbid, oh before, she could, before she could reach the sky, but everybody remembered her because she left her art behind. Wow. And that's my first little story <laughs> I wrote when I was like nine or 10. And I was like, I really like this. And then I would go on and I would write in my books. I remember at, in high school, I had this friend where we would do this thing where we got a journal and we would literally do like fan fiction type stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was really cheesy, but we would be writing stories. And every time I would see her for like, I think I had her in history class, we mm-hmm. would switch our notebooks and read a, a new chapter for the story that we've written. It, it would be like a little thing we would do. Um, I love that. And then, you know, it was like little things yeah. like that, like that I kept doing that cultivated like, my love for writing and I and then after that when I was it's once the senior year of high school and into my college years like community college years that's when I tried to write three books I mean I mean I wrote three books mm-hmm. but um awesome I tried to traditionally publish them but of course you know looking back I still have them in my I'm like, oh, okay. I had had a long way to go. You know, everybody's always learning. But um, ever since then, I'm like, I'm going to write a book. Whether And then the only reason I I went into film, because I went to film school for screenwriting. Um, Likewise. And then I, you know, I ended up in art. So that's why I got lost in that realm. But, um, you know, whether it's even writing a screenplay and seeing it, on screen and me directing it that is something I just feel like I'm destined to do it you know so yeah to answer your question yeah (laughs) back to I'll circle it back to writing who are some of your favorite uh authors or what were some of your favorite books growing up I have a long list I'll be I'll try to be brief um, I wrote it down because I have so many. So these are like the main, I think the main influential writers and stories in particular books that kind of influence my writing now. So um, I love Anna, Car- I always say this wrong, Karenina uh, by Leo, Leo Tolstoy. I, everything Shakespeare, everything Edgar Allan Poe, everything H.P. Lovecraft, because you know, Edgar Allan Poe is very dark 
yeah and moody and brooding and disturbing Shakespeare is very drama and emotion H.P. Lovecraft is absolutely freaky weird scary like it's so good and so it's like I take everything from each one um I love the Bronte sisters Withering Heights and Jane Eyre Withering Heights I really love uh I kind of got my character development kind of like studying how she kind of developed um Heathcliff the the main character because he's a bionic hero he's very interesting a very morally gray character and i like those types of characters Mm -hmm. i don't believe every character should be good or bad because that doesn't make them human because every human no matter what is just morally gray you know um love jane austen i grew up that's me and my grandma's thing jane austen pride and prejudice Emma, my favorite of hers is actually Sense and Sensibility. Okay. Um, That's cool. Y'all bonded I, over that. <laughs> yeah, we bond, We bonded. We even watched, binge watched all the, the shows for, Pre- uh-huh. for Jane Austen. Nice. Um, and then the last two, Har- of course, Harper Lee to Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, mo- God darn it. Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I really, you know, the story is just iconic and you know heavy and i really love the southern gothic element of it and then the last one's oscar wilde the picture of dorian gray um those are like my top authors and books wow that's a lot yeah that's a lot (laughs) you gave me more when we were just talking online and stuff about whatever you were reading anyway so my list got even longer i can't say whatever the titles were right now but they're on like my list in my phone yeah so i was just oh yeah thanks for the wrecks my list is growing but so what's your favorite aspect of writing planning ironically it's not the writing it's the planning because i don't tend to think i don't know if people in general tend to think in a linear fashion so i cannot sit down and just start writing a book without planning it the planning makes it easier for me yeah yeah because the way i write isn't even linear i have to plan it out and outline it and make my little book bible and do everything and then how i do it is i say okay what do i feel like writing today i look at my outline well as you can see i don't know if you can see on my wall this is my outline so (laughs) it's literally I have a whole outline I sit here and I think what do I feel like writing today I have it broken down into acts and then each chapter what it's going to be about what point of view and I say okay it's already planned out I don't have to think about the plot I just have to write the scene essentially or the chapter and I'm like okay over here I'll do the priest's chapter and I'll sit here and I'll write it it's it's not the beginning of the book it's the very middle of the book Mm -hmm. but it's okay and it helps me write faster because everything's already planned out I don't have to worry about nothing but writing that's really cool I've never heard anybody say that that was their favorite part but I know it's like the it's probably the most important part especially for screen I've have you heard this that I guess with prose you can discovery write or plan but with screen it's like 
you better map this thing out. Have you, have you heard, you've heard some of that too, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you got, you definitely got to map it out. I think what I got, because I never used to be like this when I wrote. I used to just, before I went into film, I used to just sit down and just write. And that's why those books were really bad. I'm not afraid to say it's bad. Everybody's learning. It was horrible. Looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I have the character thing going, but oh, the story, no. Um, So being in film actually helped me to be a better writer because I saw how planning went into the story and how Mm -hmm. also how even though film is shorter form, technically writing like 60 pages and like an hour for movies some movies are two hours, but versus a 400 page book, I learned how to kind of write it like a film. So it's ever moving. I hate books that I open and it's just too much, too much, too much, too much. I'm like, get to the story already. Mm-hmm. And if I learned that in the, from the film industry, kind of like the pacing, okay, like the planning and what should happen, like just film really helped that in me so now I remember us talking about that yeah could you say more about like books that you like that feel cinematic like specific to you you had told me some of something about it so definitely Dark Matter by Blake Crouch um he is actually a screenwriter he did um Wayward Pines that they made a whole series Um, of it yeah um so that those started as books but he screen wrote the the tv show um uh i'm currently i'm still reading um uh, oh uh recursion yes recursion by him i'm still reading that but that reads exactly like a movie i can't explain it it's just you have to read it. it's very cinematic it reads like a movie like but it's a book i like books like that i'm trying to look at my um my um what you will call it my oh, your, uh, your shelf. case right now because i'm like i have there's so many books but not all of them read like movies sure. at all uh, i like children i think children of blood and bone reads like a movie um nice that's on my list i've been meaning to check that out too and yeah. i guess now it's been an option as a movie i think last time yep. she's she's writing the script to it i think she just finished writing the script to it um i met her actually it was really really embarrassing embarrassing and funny um this no was because i'm a i'm a geek book geek of course no way and really it was <laughs> it was rumored so i would always be on like bookstagram they call mm-hmm. it and, yeah yeah um, no, all that. yeah on all the book blogs, I would mm-hmm. be on Goodreads. And the, there's this thing I do where I go to barnesandnoble.com and I look under, because I used to love so much adult, fi- uh, young adult fiction. I would go under young adult fiction. I would go under coming soon to see the types of stories that publishers are putting out. Okay. And I saw the cover for Children of Blood and Bone. And I'm like, Oh, this is a nice cover because I'm a cover. Me too. Or, sorry, I don't know. If that's the <laughs> but I, I, I definitely judge books by their cover. <laughs> but um, so I clicked on it and I saw the name of the author, 
and I saw the the kind of like the summary of the book. I'm like, Ooh. So I'm like, I wonder if she did anything else. So I Googled her name. I started reading about her and she literally, I read the, the publisher's marketplace, how she got her deal. Yeah. And she did, she didn't even have like on her Instagram. She didn't, she had like a thousand followers. This is before everything. And I looked her up on Instagram, like a creep. And (laughs) I, one day me and my mom wanted to go to San Diego zoo and mm-hmm. she lives in San Diego, I guess, because that's where I saw her. Okay. Um, and I, we were eating at this um, breakfast spot and I was sitting down and we we're outside and I, and I, she walked by and I'm like, oh my God, that's mom. That's the author that, um, you know, cause I, I got so excited because especially in the young adult realm, her book came out when there wasn't a lot of representation. That's, That's right. a huge problem, specifically in the young adult book realm. Mm-hmm. Now we have a lot more, and it's also because of her starting yeah. it, but um, and with the excess of children of blood and bone. But um, I I saw her and I got excited, and I, I'm like, I want to say hi, but I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna let her go because she looked like she was going to like work out. And then I oh, saw wow. her again. Like probably 40 minutes later, we were still there. It was mimosa time. <laughs> ah. and she, she was coming back and I was like, forget it. I'm just going to go up to her. And my mom recorded it. I wonder if she still has a recording. Ah. She re- <laughs> it was so bad. I went up to her and I said, I'm sorry. This is going to sound super, super weird. I swear I'm not a stalker, but <laughs> I'm so excited for your book to come out. And she was like, oh my God, you're like the first person who's ever did this. No one knows. Like, she was like super excited. And um, Love it. <laughs> we were talking about writing and kind of how, you know, it, it was a cool 20 minute conversation I had with her. She was super wow. cool. How nice. And um, she, she said, oh, I actually have a course that's coming out. Let me email it to you, blah, blah, blah. Or here's my email. Send me an email, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'll, I'll send you the course or whatever. Um, we never got to it because people got busy and she took off. Second came out, she took off. Right. So, but, um, I will never really like, as like a fan of, she has really good writing too. So like I said, it's very cinematic. Um, I would never forget that moment as a writer. Cause it's like, okay, she could do it. So can I, (laughs) and she gave me so much inspiration. So it was like, you know, it's attainable. She's right here in front of me and look, she's doing it, you know? So, um, that was a cool little random moment. Now I, you remember, wasn't it her who went viral on Twitter when a family member recorded her opening up, was it the proofs of her book? I remember yeah, that. it was cool. her. Yeah, and she started crying. Yeah, I was like, "That's gonna be me." <laughs> I was like, right. "I'm no. like, ah, oh, I feel you." That's and it was uh after I met her. That's when the video went viral, and I was like, oh. "Yeah, she didn't even get her proofs." Yet. <laughs> I was, <laughs> but um, I was like, "Oh man!" And then I started seeing her everywhere, and it was yeah. it was really cool. It was really cool. It's definitely an interaction. I'll always like keep. You always Walk treasure up. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when my dad and I saw the proofs for our book that that was cool. Uh, as It is a nice feeling like mm-hmm. and for those 
And for those who don't know what Children of Blood and Bones, can you summarize it real quick? I could, but I was like, nah, let her do it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, need a, I need to read it. Hold on. I, I mean, I read it, but I need I haven't read no, no, it so I long. It. I need to uh, read the blurb. No, well, it's over here. It's uh, filling the gaps. Anything I, I miss, isn't it? It's a yes. fantasy young adult story about yes. a West African princess or a, a princess living in a world inspired by West African history and folklore. She finds out she's got magic powers and basically she's got to save the kingdom because I think there's like powerful, uh, she comes from a powerful bloodline. Did I miss anything? Without okay. saying anything. Without ruining it, that's pretty much no what spoilers. it's about. No spoilers. No, nothing. You, you definitely have to read it. I, I remember just when I first read it, it it's just like, I don't know how how you could tell books are super cinematic is if if it was playing like a movie in my head like I automatically from the first page I was like oh man and it kept turning in the pacing and mm-hmm. and everything it, it was it was great wow. I, it's gonna be a really good movie <laughs> I can't um, wait I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to reading it and seeing it um do you have a preference uh between prose in writing for screen? That's a good question. Prose is literature, more or less, yeah. for anyone who does not know. It's it's books and whatnot, whereas, and then the opposite would be screenwriting for our purposes here. I, I like prose more. Huh? Because, you know, with, if no one has ever read a script before, the way a script reads and the way it looks, you know, they're, very short form and it's mostly dialogue with some description the rest is that you see is actually everyone in the crew from costume to the director to the dp and set set dressing everyone else makes the story literally because you, you get some description in the script, but not like you would in a book. And it, it's very much dialogue based. So for me, writing a script is kind of boring for me. I feel you. Sometimes, it's, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, I'm hyped. Sometimes I'm, yeah. I'm bored out of my mind, but go ahead. It, it depends. Yeah. Like I, I'm not going to lie. Like would I write? Yeah, I have. And I, I've, I've come up with stories and I would love to but if I had a preference, prose all the way because it's just so much, I don't know, it's so much bigger and it feels, and maybe I'm super nostalgic of having something, writing something and just having it as a book or seeing it all come together, like physically yeah. instead of visually yeah. and just having that. Um, and knowing how much work went into it, it's almost more satisfying for to do prose than it is to do, you know, a script. Would you agree that it's that immersive is a good word? Yes, it is definitely more immersive. Um, I feel like when I write, I feel like I'm in the story. I feel like I'm that character. It's really weird. I get a headspace where it's like, 
you know, cause sometimes I write from first person. So I feel like I have to really get in character like an actor. Right. And it's, it's definitely more immersive versus when I write a script, I'm not in character, so to speak, more like a, I'm a narrator. Yeah. Kind I of like thing. That. Like, yeah. oh, I'm telling this story. But, you know, even, even if I write in third person in prose, like, I still feel in it. Okay. But I don't know. That's my preference, which is funny because I'm in film, but. No, that's cool. But like, but, but you did say uh, prose or novel writing was your first love and then getting involved in film, like kind of balanced it out just in the sense of like, you got to see another side of it. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said earlier, like it informed your prose writing style later and just kind of strength, like strengthen something. So that's. Definitely did. Yeah. That's cool. Like. And you also work in, you've also written in second person. I did that once for an assignment, but it's do you regularly get story ideas in second person or am I like reading too much into it? I, so when I first started writing, it's, it was always first person. Okay. Uh, point of view from the character, the character talking to you. And then third, and then recently I've been trying to do third person. Okay. Um, it's because in my book, there's multiple points of view. Okay. So I feel like it would be a little more confusing to have each chapter just be a different character versus one narrator who has the same mm-hmm. kind of cadence telling mm-hmm. the point of view of each character. So that's the only reason I am doing third person. If it was a book with one character and that's it, I would probably be first person. Gotcha. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite book to movie adaptation? Yes. Uh, of course, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Harry Potter. I love Wait. Lord of the Rings. Same I'm like you. a fantasy sci-fi geek. I would never forget like me crying like a baby in the movie theater when I saw the return of the king, the last one. I'm like, oh my God. Um, I thought it was done brilliantly brilliantly yes no it's it's the Lord of the Rings is my I I all-time favorite and in fact now I follow accounts on like Twitter and where it's like today in Middle Earth I think I followed that today so it'll just go like you know or like I always every time because my mom loves them too so every Mm -hmm. time um we watch the trilogy and it's like, you know, Frodo gets rescued and goes to Rivendell and it's like, it's October the 24th. Like that would actually be my mom's birthday. So we always smile. That's really cool. But th- that's the beauty of stories like that. It's like, I think that's why I love writing so much and prose so much better. Cause it's like, like turning that book and that story into a movie and people seeing it and like relating to it and you and your mom having this connection from it. Like, it's just so, I think it's so beautiful how stories can do that Yeah, for, for people and um, many reasons why I love it. Lord of the Rings. Amazing. Um, Game of Thrones. I let's not talk about the last because <laughs> you're two, I think the last two anymore. season i the, i was yeah i was this is my fourth or fifth time rewatching. <laughs> i'm insane but um but i i look at it too for 
a really good story um development Mm -hmm. um because the thing with when book to movies sometimes the movies uh or shows sometimes omits things but um you know that's why some of the fans always get mad Mm-hmm. but um sometimes uh they omit the right things and that's where you get the pacing and the you know the good storytelling and that's you know writing it like a movie like yeah. sometimes there's extra stuff that you don't that doesn't um evolve the story so you just take it out do you have a least favorite because <laughs> fans love to talk about that stuff too <laughs> least okay this is comics gotcha no they count i love comics okay i was myself i think this is just opinion the way that marvel versus dc in general i think dc has better heroes better villains better stories comic wise marvel I feel, I know probably some Marvel people are going to hate me. They have more cheesy characters and cheesy stories. Still good, still good. But the way they translated them into film and made their empire amazing. That's why they're winning. What DC is doing now. Oh my God. Those, you, I never, I, I generally usually don't like DC's comics to movie. Justice League was an exception. Uh, the Zack Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was done really well, but then they're not using him anymore. Why? That's right. Good for him getting the Snyder cut out, though. I, I got yeah. appreciation he, for it, actually. Yeah. You know, I don't know why, because he did really well, and I think they needed something like that, more of that, and I don't know. Lately, it's just like, even with the new Batman, have you seen it? No, not yet. It's on the list. I have, I haven't seen it, but from what someone I trust who's told me, there's certain, like he doesn't know why, like, but there's a a cameo for Joker, right? But it's not Joaquin Phoenix. Mm, so they're so they're still going their own. Uh, spoilers yeah. for anyone. <laughs> spoilers. No. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> but. No, it's well. Actually, you know what? Never mind. I don't, I don't think it was a spoiler because he said, "I don't know." Well, maybe it was. I don't know. But he. Would, it might be. I, he, I didn't even know that because I've been ducking and dodging that stuff as best I can. Was, but also, by the time this comes out, most people probably, you and I probably would have finally seen it. So, yes. well, I'm just saying, like, why? I don't know. I think whoever they're getting to execute this, I don't know if it's the writing, if it's. All in all, like whoever is in charge, I'm like, I get very disappointed in DC. I always root for them because I love the characters and I love the comics. I love the stories. I think, again, they have the best. But for some reason, after my favorite Batman was, of course, Christopher Nolan, Batman. Um, After that, like after he was gone, I feel like everything went down. I just I don't they that's that is the book to movie that disappoints yeah. me the most gotcha well are you 
here, let's lighten it again. Are you interested at all? All of that was very fascinating. Also, I grew up on DC. It said, did you grow up on DC? It sounds like you did. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what, yeah. And then I think for me, Ultimate Spider-Man in 2001 forward, that's what got me into Marvel because they did what I thought was really fresh. Where they're like, hey, let's take our classic characters, rewrite them in a very kind of, they, they, I, sorry, I trailed off there, but like in a very mm-hmm. accessible kind of way. I think yes. some of that even translated into the MCU. There's just a way they compartmentalize mm-hmm. things that's kind of pleasing for the mass mm-hmm. audience. Um, but yeah, I did grow up on, on DC. Um, but here, let me lighten it for you. Are you interested at all in Rings of Power? Uh, Amazon Prime, the Lord of the Rings TV show. I am. I saw the um, the trailer. Um, I It's on my list. Yeah, um, I definitely want to see it. That's on my list. Anything Lord of the Rings, on my list. <laughs> like That's a no-brainer. It looks really good. And I'm, I'm excited to see... Um, the story because this is a brand new i think story but in the same universe right yeah i th- um there may be some liberties they're gonna take i think it's uh i believe it takes place in the second age so older mm-hmm. like i think tolkien's before uh, the ring tale. right right the one ring got it right i think it's uh based i think it's inspired by i'm not gonna get it all right but i think it's inspired by tolkien's unfinished tales of middle earth and got it i don't know if you did you read the silmarillion i read that once i didn't pretty i didn't super epic cosmic uh-huh. aspect of uh the lord of the rings it's fun for me to, every now and again i'll go back and read it so those are some of the places they're they're pulling from it's much older stuff but you can find them these are things you can find at the library it's not like oh, cool. any, it's not hidden or something like that. Any anyone mm-hmm. listening or anything, if you want to check these things out, no, they're, they're totally mm-hmm. available. Um, oh, okay, but it does it does look super interesting. I hear Sauron is is involved. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far they're gonna go with it. You may see mm-hmm. the more uh, what do I want to say? Um, a more duplicitous Sauron, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, I think they're going to reveal some things there. But I had to ask you about that now that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, that, yeah, cool. I'm, I am excited. I'm also excited because I am. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but I'm also yeah, a big video game nerd. So um, I love video games that have really good stories. And the mm. new, uh, it's called uh, Star Wars Eclipse. I've heard of that. Uh, I didn't see the trailer. That My oh, brother probably knows all He's a big game nerd like yourself. Oh, you got to see the trailer. Like, oh, it looks like, I wish, I was like, I wish this was a movie. Um, I'm excited to see the story for that. That it looks very interesting. Um, if you, if you guys are interested in it, you should look at the trailer on YouTube. Nice. Star Wars Eclipse. <laughs> okay no i i used to game a little bit when i was younger and then kind of fell mm-hmm. off but mm-hmm. i've always loved that aspect uh, I, I love how more cinematic and more interesting i've heard the storytelling has become um mm-hmm. you know from the cut scenes to just the scripts and things and i still think that part is really cool there's just there's a charm mm-hmm. a, an ever-growing and endearing charm and finesse to video game story that I still that still does kind of capture my imagination even though I don't game anymore 
So I love it whenever people bring up video games or my brother talks to me about things. I don't always understand what he's saying, (laughs) but I don't know. It just still, it's really fascinating. Just another aspect of storytelling that I really, Mm -hmm. I think is kind of cool. Yeah. What is your favorite part, unless we've already touched on it, Mm -hmm. your favorite part? No, what's your favorite part of the filmmaking process? We know writing is your one love. Mm -hmm. Well, the process, I love... Um, when I was in doing like production design and art direction, my favorite part was doing kind of like the mood board okay. and a con- contributing to it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes there would, you know, per- like a project would have a mood board already set up, but they needed, you know, some pages for me for the set deck and and everything. So I really, I, I think. I don't know when I, I just love, again, it's part of the planning. I love the mood board, but taking some, an idea and putting it into a visual, um, kind of almost like a pitch deck. I like making pitch decks a lot, um, where you could kind of see like, these are the actors we would have. This is a type of type of setting. This is who would direct it. Here's the cinematography. Here's the clothing. Here's the makeup. Here's set deck whatever like um I just love that process and then um going from that to an actual set like oh this is real um I I I love that when it becomes a visual nice so pre-production you love Mm -hmm. the production phase and the mood board you made me think of like um what's her face uh, Melina Matsukas's uh, mood board or pitch deck for Insecure. Want, is that something we can? I love. She's like, what? I'm like, is that something we can access? Like you, like you know, how you can find scripts on Script Slug or story uh-huh. or script bibles. Can you find pitch uh-huh. decks? That would be dope. I love Melina. Like uh, her, the way she directs and her visuals, I love them. She's like one of one of the people I kind of like director wise and story kind of storytelling, how she takes it from page to visual. Mm -hmm. Um, She's one of my favorites. Um, So like to see if, if I could see her pitch deck, Oh man, that would be really, really, really (laughs) cool. Cause I didn't get to see it on insecure. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think any of us, any of us did, but like, I remember them referencing it and even showing screen caps in like the documentary. Oh, um, mm-hmm. So when we saw those go across the screen, I was like, yo, this pitch deck is fire. Yeah, like, I, like what? Yeah, I was like, can we like find the PDF somewhere of this thing? Like this is like, I think yeah. that would like change, that would really like propel a lot of young filmmakers if you could also access pitch decks. I've never heard anyone ask that. I'm seeing more in webinars, I'm sure you are too, mm-hmm. of people talking about the benefits of a pitch deck and learning how to make them. Um, but and I don't have the answers to everything, so I could be wrong about mm-hmm. this, but it would be cool to be able to find access to those just like you do for scripts. Oh yeah, um, uh, just if reading scripts is beneficial, but looking at a pitch, especially if you're like a director, um even producer but a director just to like see how that is put together I used to work for um a director who did a lot of um 
a lot of uh, famous like influencers, music videos and stuff like that. And um, I would do his production design and he would always send me his pitch deck. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like how it's put together and how the story like in the visuals and it, it just like it helps a lot like to understand the process of what it takes to actually make a film because I don't think people really understand because of the way streaming is now like with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime people who aren't in the industry they go home and they binge watch something in like a day to a week and then that's it they don't realize okay this takes a year to put together and grueling hours and all this money and it's like um I think seeing a pitch deck for anybody who wants to be in the industry or to understand the industry is is definitely something that needs to happen yeah because just seeing yeah for anyone who was still confused like sound a pitch deck is something like a mood board or vision board it's just got a lot of visuals that lend to the visual language of like step-by-step making the film or making the TV pilot or something. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of moving pieces. Is that a good way to summarize it? Or would you add anything, Jocelyn? That sounds no, good. No, that's a, it's literally exactly that. Yeah. Nice. When did you get into photography and how has, how seamless or not was moving from the moving uh, image to still? So in the last year, I got into photography and I got into photography because I wanted to make extra income because it's Mm. LA. (laughs) And, you know, I also wanted to practice kind of like because I did fall in love with directing. I'm like, if I write something, I want to direct it. So I'm like, let me get a camera. And at first I got the camera to do like visuals, like videography Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I kind of, I started taking pictures and I was like, oh, okay, this, this is kind of cool. And, um, I learned, you know, I taught myself how to color correct and edit them. And it turned into something that was like a little bit of a hobby and fun, mm-hmm. but I, it really, it, it's kind of turning into something that is actually going to help me in the long run because of, you know, things that I'm, you know, I haven't really gotten to executing, but planning for uh, writing where I, I'm going to take it and put it into like a five minute visual and stuff like that. Um, because of my photography, um, nice. I'll be able and, and confident to do that. And I love, I love editing. I love to edit. I have, uh, I have color correct. I have my little loop deck here on my computer. Um, nice. To do color correction and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's one of my favorites. So I started from photography. I started selling presets. Um, nice. Presets are um, photo filters okay. in essence mm-hmm. um, that you could put on your photos um, to change them. So like, for example, one of them that I put out that has actually sold very well is a euphoria themed, uh, photo filters. Um, and I, it's like a, it's a side thing, but it's like, it's really fun and I enjoy it. And I, 
love to put something out there that people could use to kind of be creative and help change like their photos. And it's just, it's, it's fun for me and it's helped me in my development as kind of like a creative and storyteller. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. And it's always fun to see you. And I know you work with others, but like we both have some of the same mutuals. So our friend Mm -hmm. Venus from Insecure, it's always fun to see you and her like put up a new gallery, a new deck of like Mm -hmm. the latest, uh, you know, whether it was theme with color, whether it was theme Mm -hmm. with hair or a costume or a mixture of the two. It's always fun to see what you two like come up with, come Mm -hmm. up with next. Was it like easy for you to like take the lead on things like that or was it a Mm -hmm. little challenging at first um it was easy what's more challenging like when it comes to photography for you know because I tend to do this thing where when I get into anything whether it's writing photography whatever I go to you I get a degree in uh YouTube get a degree from YouTube (laughs) and I go online and I binge every photographer that, that I could. I binge watched everything and I learned and learned and learned and practiced to the point where it's like, this is great. The thing that I'm mostly, I guess this is um, kind of like fear, not fearful of that I not as confident in is my videography that I need to work on. But I'm learning to do this thing recently where I can't do everything. So don't do it. You have, that's why you build a network. That's why you have a team of people. That's why you have friends who have the same interests that want to do the same things you do. I've learned that that's a reason why I I also don't stay consistent because I want to do everything. Oh, you do this, 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 and that. Yeah. Okay, but how can you focus and get really great at this one thing? You know, you have to trust the team and the people around you. And that's why you network. Everybody forgets there's a reason for you to network. Right. And that's to collab. So I might, because I want to direct, I don't necessarily need to know how to hold a camera, you know, um, or edit. I mean, I know how to edit. I like editing, like mm-hmm. edit a video. I could cut it up and edit a video. but. Um, I could get a friend who wants to be an aspiring DP or camera op to do something so I could focus on the directing part or the writing part. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something when it comes to photography and videography, I have to kind of like let happen. I have to like collab and let, it's not just me making the decisions. If I do anything, like say with Venus, it's both of us. It's like, like, okay, she's good at this one thing, let her take charge of that. And I'm good at this. Let me take charge of this and then collab. And then that's when you get something that's really effortless mm-hmm. instead of you trying to do everything. Ooh, that's good. Okay. That's really important to be able to like outsource and network. And I just kind of hoard the whole process. I was going to ask artistic challenges. I was going to say from writing to filmmaking to photography, would that be, would you have any different challenges or would they all fall under that of just learning to network or would you speak on any others you've overcome? I think the challenges for each are the same is okay. in putting them in the consistent, consistent work. Okay. Gotcha. 
um, no one is going to get good if you don't, if you're not consistent, you can't sit there and, um, you can't sit there and be like, I'm going to do this for a whole day. Oh, it's not working out. You know, it's, you know, it's between like, it's with writing, directing, photography, whatever it is, you have to sit there and put in the work and put in the practice. It's the same thing. Um, and it's the same challenge. It's just like, again, it's consistency. You have to want it enough to be consistent at it. Um, that's what I would kind of say is the challenge with all of them. And that's why I needed to find a balance so I could do all of it because you can do more than one thing. I'm not saying, oh, don't do like people have many passions. I'm sure you have many other passions than just one thing, you know, it's just finding the balance of being consistent with each. So, you know, a preset selling presets is a business of mine and I like to do it. So what I'm going to do is once a day, I'm going to make one preset. You know, I love writing once a day. I'm going to write one thing, you know, Mm -hmm. directing that. I mean, I have to do more. I have to do the visuals. Okay. Let me network. Let's see who I could collab with and direct a, a short with so I could build my reel. It like you could still do it all. You yeah. just got to do it consi- consistently. That's the main theme. Nice. And is that sound? I was going to ask what keeps you going, but I think you just answered it. Just facing up to that challenge and just doing little bits here and there, like what you kicked it off with. Would, would that be right? Or would you add anything? Well, I would add for anybody trying to do something because people could get lost and they could do, cause this is how I was and I'm still working on it. I'm mm-hmm. very money motivated. So when I think about doing things, you know, when it's natural yeah. and I, I, for everybody, when I think about doing things, the first thing I think about is how much money am I getting? You know, and yeah. the, my end goal is to be, to create multiple streams of income and be financially free and have my okay. time to myself. Ooh. I want to be able to, you, you know, not have to worry about financial obligations and have my money working for me. If I want to go say, take a trip to places I want to visit is Egypt. If I want to go to Africa and go to Egypt, <laughs> Egypt, you know, I want to be like, okay, I could go do this and I could, X out for a week or two, you know, I, you know, instead of people don't realize when you're constantly thinking about money, you're constantly trying to catch up. And if money is your only goal, what ultimately what you want to do is your why, like, why are you doing this is, and if it's money, you might fail It's you have, you're more likely to fail. You have to really find your purpose and why you're doing it. And I've been trying to find that in myself. And I know some of it comes to my family because my family generationally, especially the women in my family have never done their dreams. We're traditionally, Mm -hmm. we're we're Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. And so we're a Latin family and, and the women in general cater to their husbands. And their life is lived through their husbands and their kids. And I kind of want to break that mold because 
till this day, the, I, when it comes to, you know, my mom or any other woman in the family wish that they did something different, wish that they could do what they wanted to. And I never looking at that growing up, I'm like, I never want to wish I want Mm -hmm. to do it. So in my mind, my motivation isn't the money it's, I'm going to show the women in my family that you could be more than a housewife, that you don't have to be selfless, that you could be selfish and you could do both if you want to, you know, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and be like, I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to get married, blah, blah, blah. You know, it it could be in the future for me, but it's not, it's not going to be, oh, my whole life is to have kids and get married. No, I'm going to show that I think the most important part is that we have one life and are you going to spend that living it for someone else? Or are you going to do something for yourself and actually get a chance to live life? And I, you know, if your motivation is just the money, you're always going to be in that hustle mode and right. hustling to get the money. So you'll never get to stop and live life. But if your motivation is your, your family or something personal, doesn't even have to be your family. Um, but something that's very like your purpose mm-hmm. or to make a change, um, for people, that's the motivation. That's where it's going to get you to where you want to go because you have so much passion and heart for it. You'll get so good at it. The money will just come. It will just flow. And people have to trust that and not just be like, I need to get this, like, get that, just the money. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm trying to explain it in a, no, in a way makes, it makes sense. But that's that what sense. I would add to the why. Like, what's your reason? <laughs> that's, no. yeah. What is your reason for, for doing what you're doing? That's, you said a lot. Um I part of the way I heard you was also I have no regrets. Um, did you share? Do you follow Gary V? Yeah. Okay. Because another friend, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember if I was confusing you with her. So you know he talks about regret a lot. So that was kind of how I heard what you were saying as it pertained to the women in your family who had other things that they wanted to do, and mm-hmm. they have some regrets about like I didn't get it done probably crossed their mind a few hundred times. Like, is there some time for me to do it? Mm-hmm. And how much of an impact that's had on you? And part of your why is to not leave a legacy of regret. That's some of how I heard what you, is that, is that right? Is that okay? No, that's, that's, you did it. You, yeah, yeah. you summarized it right there. Right? Cause it's even like one life, even yeah. now with the, my generation, even like, you know, I have family still saying where they're still young they're you know my age still saying well I want to do this but it's not realistic you know Mm -hmm. I want to do this it's my dream but I still have bills to pay and you know that's true we all have responsibilities and no one is saying to you know quit your job and not take care of your responsibilities it's the work that you put in after your job and and to get where you want to go. I think people feel, you know, like, again, I'll say in my family, like they're, this is it. That's it. It, I'm already older and it's unattainable 
And, you know, I mean, Ava, I always say her name wrong, DuVernay. DuVernay. I didn't know she picked up a freaking camera when she was 32 years old. I'm going to be 32, you -hmm. know, and look at where she is now. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no rules. Like, if you hit 30, that's it. No. Do you know how many years you still have to do stuff? Mm. Mm. You know, like, I think in my 20s, I was trying to compete with everyone around me because everyone, you know, was getting married. They were having kids. They were getting a house. They were doing the American dream type stuff. But I had to realize, like, I'm trying to catch up with them, but that's not my dream. Why am I trying to catch up with them? I'm putting an age to where I'm supposed to be. Oh, I'm 25. I'm supposed to be here, but I don't want that. So why am I worrying about it? Yeah. You know, I still have all these years to do what I want. That's no, that's and I think people don't realize that. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause I, I dealt with some of that myself because I went to college like late mm-hmm. and I remembered feeling like, dang, all these kids who are, I mean, at the time, just a few, like I was in my like mid twenties, I think by the time I graduated. And so I felt like, dang, am I being left behind? And so I felt that competitiveness and, you know, they're just, just a few years younger or maybe a lot, like somewhere like 19, 20, I'm like 23, 24, somewhere in there. And I'm like, dang, am I already mm-hmm. old? Is it too late? But it's not. And it's just baby steps and the devotion mm-hmm. and continuously learning. And that's, I think that's more important now more than ever, just trying to have that singular focus. Mm-hmm. we all got to do it of just not being like be inspired by others mm-hmm. um like be inspired by Ava DuVernay but mm-hmm. don't like compare yourself because it's like she's at a level now where it's like you don't have access to what she has yet so it wouldn't be fair to you to compare mm-hmm. yourself but it is healthy to be inspired by her stick-to-itiveness the fact that she mm-hmm. didn't like think oh my life is over I'm 30 Yes, I, I'm not going to try to pick up a camera. She still did what she could to get to that mm-hmm. place. And now look at where she's at. Like, you got to have that. Mm-hmm. We all go through that. But you got to have that healthy balance or that that mindset and pick mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. I think that's. Ooh. Mindset is so, so important. I haven't done stuff and I'm not where I want to be solely because my mindset wasn't where it needed to be because with mindset comes the good habits comes the consistency come you know many people it's just like the the kim kardashian thing that (laughs) went viral she's like work hard everybody works fucking hard i'm sorry everybody works fucking hard i'm there's not to mention side note that there are women of color in the industry working 10 times harder than she does but they clearly can't get to that level because they're women of color Mm. it's more than that i hated that i hate when she said that because everybody works hard that's not enough it's not enough it's the mindset it's the willing to go through the dirt that's like what gary v says go through the dirt and and get out and climb out you know, everybody's yeah. the seed and they're trying to build roots yeah. and come out and, and bloom. And you have to go. I, I feel like people, 
people don't want to go through the hard part because it's hard. It's simple. It's simple. Both my hands people, raised. People, I don't. Being that's my that's my challenge. I know so many people right now going through things and they want to be handed something on a silver platter and they don't want to fail. But that's not how you learn. That's not how you grow. That's not how you build. That's not how you get good at anything. You can't just be handed stuff. You have to go through the hurt. You have to go through the dirt. You have to, you have to do it. And because of the process of doing it, you'll be a a better creative. You'll be a better business person at whatever you want to do because you've, you went through the process of it. Yeah. Well said. I love that, man. Like, I mean, it, it's also, I also love it because I'm hearing it. And right now I don't have to put anything into practice because it feels good <laughs> to not, <laughs> to take it back to what you said earlier about how it feels good to like procrastinate things like that. Yeah. But, but it's like, but it's still, cause I'm going to listen to this back like mm-hmm. soon and just be like, man, she, she's right. Like she's saying the same things, Gary and Ava and people that I admire, like, and I just got to find a way to funnel it into what I need to do just as she's, just as she's doing um Mm -hmm. because like you said you only have one life and you don't want to regret you know you really want to like see your life in full bloom and like we said earlier like incremental success um it's still success and it's all Mm -hmm. part of the 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 process um bigger plan and you're doing it i mean look at you and your podcast how many how many have you been doing it seems like you've been Okay, I, I think it's you know, uh, edit this one. Right. <laughs> and no, I, I think has- we're almost up to 40 as of this episode. Cl- we're close to 40. I don't know what it exactly is. I have to look at the, but you're right. You're, takes- you're yeah. already consistent. Yeah, you got it. It's you're doing it. it. Yeah. So I'm living, I'm I'm living out what what we're saying. And so mm-hmm. are you with from the presets to each and every photography project you and Venus mm-hmm. and your cohort do to every word that you write down. Um, we're getting closer and closer and we got to, you know, it's not the destination. It is the journey, which I think will Mm -hmm. sweeten the destination whenever you get there. But it's like, but you had to do this stuff first and Mm -hmm. I'm wishing everyone the best you I'm wishing you the best. And even wishing myself the best that, you know, I don't get lost Mm -hmm. like the hustle and forget to enjoy, you know, doing the same thing here in Rhonda as I immerse myself, as I learn the culture mm-hmm. and how to adjust and, and, and enjoy. I don't want to like breeze through it and miss it. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you said something like that a little bit earlier. I don't want to miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way to do that is to like to slow down and ask, you know, your why, why are you doing this? Or to, to be honest about your conviction. And so, you know, that brings me to a slight pivot. Um, Cause you mentioned, I want to take back to what you said about travel. Cause that was important mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like you want to go to Egypt and, and your family's Puerto Rican and whatnot. Did you travel a lot growing up? And do you have a favorite travel experience? Because that expands us as artists and just as people. I have not done as much travel as I want to. I think the best thing I ever did was super simple. It was when I was young. My parents rented an RV and I got to bring one friend along. Um, and we took an RV all throughout Arizona and we visited yeah. the Grand Canyon and we went to Flagstaff and we <laughs> went to different areas of Arizona. It was so interesting. We went to Sedona. We went through uh, reservations and then um, 
this one place that we went to actually really inspired my love of the very spooky because I like to write you know sometimes I like to write horror or you know sci-fi supernatural stuff um it's this town called Jerome Arizona and we kind of stumbled upon it it literally felt like a a supernatural movie (laughs) because it's the when we went we were driving and there was like flat land for miles and it was storming but it was at this point where the sun was kind of peeking out ahead and the storm was like the gray clouds were like behind us and in front of us down this long road was a a hill and there was a it looked like a town on top of a hill and my dad was like looking on the map because it but then we looked on an actual map. On actual and, maps. Um, we did not have any <laughs> navigation. Um, nothing like that. Um, and he's like, let's go. So we, for, I mean, we took a chance because the roads were this winding up the hill, but the RV was way too big for it. So we were like from the edge where there was no, nothing to block us from falling and like the, the mountain so we were winding up the hill and we ended up uh at the top and the first thing you run into is their uh uh, city hall and there was no one outside we were we thought the town was closed down because we saw no people and we park the rv in the city hall parking lot we get out and we start to walk around because the town is that small. You could okay. literally walk from one side to the other in like 30 minutes. So as we were walking, literally a tumbleweed <laughs> crosses our path. <laughs> <No way. laughs> I was looking around. I was like, am I in a movie? What is this? And then it started to get gloomy, gloomy again and a thunder and a little sprinkle. And so we're walking into the town and still at the very top is this huge structure that we don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So we're like, let's get something to eat first. So we're wondering where the hell everyone is still. We see no people. And then all of a sudden we decided to go into a store and we went and opened a store. It was like a crystal store. And there was a few people in there. I'm like, oh, there's people here. So we get out of the crystal store and we see like an eating place. So we go into the eating place. We open it filled to like there was no one on the streets but they were filled in like this bar dive bar type thing and everybody turns around and looks at us like okay we're not from here (laughs) but not in like a bad way but like they're like who are you guys um so we sat down and ate and we kind of asked the waitress about the town this and that she's like oh yeah this is a haunted town and I was like, haunted? She's like, yeah, if you walk up the hill, because we're wondering what the structure is, it's a, a haunted, it used to be a hospital for the gold miners back okay. way back when. Okay. Um, and they, they turned it into a hotel. And the Travel Channel and History Channel, they, uh, during Halloween, they always do segments about it. So I was like, dad, can we just go and walk up? So we after we ate we went and walked up there and they still had remnants of abandoned buildings they have they have yet to like redo and they had like a a, you could see the entrance to the mine mine but they had it closed off 
And then we went into the hotel and me and my friend were, were like, let's go use the restroom. So we were kind of adventuring, going around being goofy. And we went into the restroom and all <laughs> of a sudden, I kid you not on both my arms, goosebumps, like mm. ice. I felt cold and goosebumps started coming all the way up my arm. And I Bruh. told my friend, friend, her name was Alma. I was like, Alma. She's like, yes. I was like, are you getting goosebumps? She's like, yes. And we both screamed and ran out of the bathroom <laughs> and we never went back again. But that little experience, this is why I want to travel because I believe. Yeah, exactly. Like certain experiences influence your creativity, you know? Yeah. Um, and that was where I've been, where I love it the most. I've been to other places like uh, Michigan, where my cousins live. Okay. Um, but just to visit family, I've been yeah. to Canada, like um, the Niagara Falls. Um, I've been to Mexico. I've been to, that's it. I haven't traveled a lot, but that's why I want to travel so much. I yeah. want, I want to go to Iceland. <clears throat> I want, I want to go to Egypt so bad so bad because i want to go to nigeria i want to go to puerto rico i haven't been i have family there i want to go to scotland i want to go to japan i have a list of places i just want to go and experience the culture and because a lot of influence that i do get for my writing or anything is from different cultures and mythologies and experience just experiences and little little things like that if I have a little adventure that I go yeah. on it could influence something I don't know that definitely influenced me a lot in some writing things but like I I think traveling so important that was an amazing story and I got Stanley Kubrick rock Kubrick vibes for some reason because you're like what's yes. the structure <laughs> and I was like is the monolith and then you're like it was a hotel i'm like it's uh oh uh, what's the movie what's the story uh uh, uh, uh ah red room, shining uh, either shining yeah <laughs> yep. so i was yeah, like I is she like in a stanley kubrick movie like what is that's what i felt like i was like if blood starts coming down these stairs i don't know well, like it was out. it we out like that's the vibe i got there i'm like okay it wasn't even the people the people were great it's uh -huh. a very artsy town a lot of artists live live there and sell their their work um but it's definitely the energy like you could feel that place is haunted you could feel the old energy you're like oh, okay this is different <laughs> <laughs> um i i want to go back to sedona sedona was the energy good energy in sedona they say it's like a vortex, but you really feel it because we kind of passed through there and got out. Um, we got out for a little bit, but the beauty of it and the red rocks and then this, I don't know, it's this energy there that's I want to experience again. Um, it's so cool. So nice. And what you know, you mentioned it earlier. So what's your favorite uh, like aspect of like culture? like food, folklore, style, all of that, climate. I'm very interested. I love food, for one. I'll try I everything. <laughs> I love food. I'll do it. I'll do it. Food 
is definitely something I want to experience when I travel. I want to see how different cultures eat and their mm-hmm. dishes, like national dishes and stuff like that. I love to experience food because <laughs> yeah. you understand a lot about a culture through its food. Yeah. Um, I'm learning that here too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> food, I think also religion and how they practice, what they practice, their spirituality in different cultures. I'm very interested in that like extremely interested because that influences a culture's mindset and um, what they value. And uh, I, f- I find that very important. Um, I love mythology, mm-hmm. um, Egyptian mythology, Greek mythology. Um, I like Japanese mythology. Like I want to see the different, you know, kind of the history i love history i'm a history buff like visit museums and other places would be very interesting because you hear about it in like history books or you could google something but if you actually go to the place and go to their museum and and like experience their history it's just like i feel like i don't know it opens up your views about the world a little more awesome i love that i just like asking people what they're favorite aspects are I think a lot of those things are my are my favorite um Mm -hmm. as as well I like the the beauty and I think nature is one of my favorite aspects just you know because I'm you know I love finding a quiet place you know I mean people Mm -hmm. can be there too but like you know I just and blue is my favorite color so I love beautiful skies how the skies oh yeah different different places to some degree you know, or, mm-hmm. or bodies of water. I love being by the water. So that's one of my favorites, mm-hmm. like the nature and the, the climate and whatnot. What's what's your favorite uh, nature, I guess, aspect of Rwanda? Uh, the hills. It's the land of a thousand hills. And like, mm-hmm. to bring back the Lord of the Rings, like the hills <laughs> here, the photos don't do it justice. That's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I'm not always posting about it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. the other reason. It's like, I don't know if y'all go and get it, but if you're not here, you're not get any other way. So I should start, sh- I'll share more. But um, yeah. it's like the depth perception. Got I it. also love that from a filmmaking standpoint. It's like the hills and whatnot in California are cool, but it's flat and it's different. Here it's rolling yeah. hills. It's like, I think, I think Americana wishes it was the rolling hills. <laughs> yep. Because it's just yep. the depth per se is like there's a hill in front of another hill in front of another hill and just the depth. It looks That's like something really cool. out of Middle Earth. Oh, man, I love that. At least that. to me. I'm like, I love that. this is awesome. That's that's what I I love. And the be- the skies are, are beautiful and just mm-hmm. the greenery. It's so lush here. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I mean, probably being in L.A. for a little bit with, you know, it can be green sometimes, but then of course it's a desert. So I think that mm-hmm. made me extra sensitive. Like coming from the East mm-hmm. Coast where there was more green to then going to the West Coast in California where there's desert to now mm-hmm. coming to Rwanda where it's just crazy green everywhere. Palm, like- oh, that's beautiful. Tree, it is beautiful. This is where the palm trees came from and all, you know. <laughs> so I yeah. love that. I, that's, I'd say that was my favorite aspect here um in, in the animals there are birds galore. i was just about to say and animals <laughs> yes and animals like it's just there's more i want to see i want to see the gorillas and elephants mm. and go to tanzania see the lions or zambia they have lion, uh, lion walks and things so there's yeah 
So Maybe. I got a list. <laughs> you got to record it and send it to me when you meet the animals, man. I got no. I, I that, that oh man, that yeah, I, I got you because yeah, you do love. I love. Well, that's one of my favorite things about your uh, feed. You're always you know wolves, birds of prey, <laughs> animals in general. It's pretty. Yeah, I, you are a big animal lover. So I got you. I am. <laughs> I got <laughs> Thank you. you. You are an animal lover. Do you want to gush about your pets? What do you have? <laughs> I okay. So I have a. Uh, oh shoot. Oh, there he is. Um. I had to take him out of the cage because he was making too much noise. Hmm. Uh, my bearded dragon, Normie. <laughs> Norbert, Normie for short. Gotcha. I've had yep. him for four or five years. Okay. Since he was a wee little, he was like only like three inches long. Now mm. he's like as big as my arm. But <laughs> um, he's my little bearded dragon. He's so cute. He's like, I call him a lizard dog. He has like the personality of a dog, but it's in a lizard. He looks scary, but he's just lazy and fat and likes to eat and cuddle. That's that's all he does. Um, yeah, I, I I love him. And then I have Sienna, who is my husky, who I found actually on set. What? That's <laughs> what happened? I didn't know that. Her home. You stole a dog off set, bruh. No, I'm playing. No. <laughs> She was almost going to get hit by a car and the grips oh, man. saw her and they got her and they tied her to the truck. And I walked by, I was like, whose dog is that? Cause she's so pretty. Um, they're like, we're trying to figure out who wants to take her home. And I was like, I immediately, I wasn't thinking this is like probably my Gemini side where I'm like, I air sign, like, I'm not thinking about this. I don't know the consequences. I'm just going <laughs> to take her. I don't know how I'm going to feed her. I don't know how I'm going to take her to the vet. I don't know if she is going to be a bad dog and get along with everyone in my house. I don't know. There's a dog off the street. Um, So she ended up being amazing. Um, She, she wasn't um, chipped or like she was chipped, but there was no information because we try to find people because she was so sweet. We're like, but she's amazing. She's my baby. She's my little wolf. Love it. Uh, Yeah. She's Jocelyn's feed is also full of, normie and sienna like on the regular she's narrating their lives like your pets are like characters like i feel it's like some verse some animal lover version of the office or something it's kind of funny it really is because <laughs> as i was rushing to get to do this podcast i'm like i'm just because you know i didn't have time to cook so i'm like i'm going to starbucks i'm gonna it's down the street it takes me five minutes come back home that's why i text you yeah okay my lizard just used the restroom <laughs> and I don't know if anybody knows, but you Whenever. think lizards are cute, but think twice because of their poop. Dang. The it's most rough. disgusting smell and thing I ever have to clean up. Oh, so man. if you don't like stuff like that, don't get a bearded dragon. It's horrible. I'll, I'll <laughs> just admire from afar. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever come back, we could get coffee. Come and you can meet him. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> <From> we'll <do. laughs> yeah awesome um two last two things what was uh in any order your favorite part of insecure because that was fun and part of the fun was meeting in and working with you and do you and who are your favorite photographers and filmmakers okay uh the easy one from insecure is how many wonderful people i've met that was my favorite part 
literally everyone I met, I haven't met anyone like that. I've been in the industry for like 10 years. Like I've been here for a little bit through my art department and everything. Like the people I met on Insecure are like lifelong, like friends, creatives, and very talented people, whether they were PAs or health and safety, Mm. whatever people are so talented and I'm so glad I got to like um form relationships with them yeah because special group for real yeah special group special talented people they like handpicked okay all y'all gonna get along (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh favorite filmmaker photographer filmmaker uh Melina Ma. I am so bad with last names. Matsukas, I think. Mat- Matsukas. Absolutely love her. Absolutely love her. Um, we had to hold you back on set. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> she's so talented and her visual, her vision that she has for things, the emotion that she gets from simple visuals and from the colors to everything. She is one of my favorites. I do love Christopher Nolan. I'm a big fan of his. Um, I, when it comes to documentary style stuff, I love Ava. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to photographers, that's a hard one because photography, just like film is so subjective. Every photographer that I've kind of learned from have come to know have their own style. Yeah. And it's just like, I, there's a few I follow on Instagram um, who I think they do really good work, but uh, I, I can't, you know, what's funny. I can answer the film one, but it's really hard for me to answer the photographer one. It's really no. hard. Is there one you're following now that you really like? There is, it's, um, I don't think people consider her a professional photographer, but Kimberly, um, she's the, this Instagrammer who literally takes photos in a room at her parents' house. And she makes these extravagant sets. Um, I don't know if you remember who she is, but I don't think so. Kimberly, she does. She literally recreates photos from from famous um artists or like famous scenes and she she makes them into these extravagant sets and they're literally done in a room just like the one I'm sitting in at her parents house and she spends days on them and they come out looking so beautiful and professional what's even better is she's a woman of color and she's kicking ass and she's trying to you know she's trying to actually do art department but she Mm -hmm. is insane with her photography which I think is something that you know she and her editing is she's so you got to look her up it's uh Kimberly k-i-h-m-b-e-r-l-i-e um look her up but she's one of the I get inspo from her because she literally does it with nothing she has no sometimes she has no budget and she reuses stuff and she makes amazing things like 
and amazing shots. So it's very inspirational. <laughs> awesome. I'll, and I will put her in the show notes um, for anyone else who wants yes. to follow her as well. Um, which brings me to uh, how can people keep up with you, Joss? I have um, two um, Instagrams. One is mainly for my photography and presets and personal stuff, which is J Simone Creative, J S S I M O N E Creative. And then I have a second one that I'm trying to cultivate. I actually, a long time ago, I built the following organically up to like 3,000 people, but I, I, I left it. But now I'm recall as I'm getting balanced <laughs> and restructuring right. everything. Um, it's my writer's Instagram, which nice. is going to be, which is called Writers Inc. It's uh, writers and then ink with two K's, I N K K. Okay. Um, so um, you could follow there if you're, I'm going to be posting a lot more writing stuff. So if you like more of the photography and the visuals and, you know, presets and you want to, learn stuff you do jason on creative and if you want more writing stuff you do writer's ink awesome okay yep guys you'll follow her check her out um i love seeing i said it already but i just love seeing the new every time you and venus or whoever get together i'm like dang they are nice with the camera like that is (laughs) and but i didn't know you had a writer's so i will follow that i will get on that guys follow her jocelyn this has been amazing Um, I hope you guys all took something from Jocelyn. Um, Follow her, support her. Joss, thanks for being on. And uh, guys, until next time, you're welcome. You are so welcome. Guys, (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in to Josiah's Voice, the podcast. Subscribe on all listening platforms. And you can keep up with the show on social media by following at Josiah's Voice Pod on all social media. And keep up with the show on the blog. Subscribe at the blog at www.josiahsvoicepodcast.wordpress.com for all the show notes for each and every episode. And if you like my theme music, the song is called Emotion. It's by Mateo. Subscribe to him on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks, guys.